0: You're listening to Season 2 of the Live 360 Podcast with Tony Sutherland, and this is Episode 51. All right, guys, let's jump into Part 2 of Things About My Dad. As I mentioned last week... My dad recently passed away from complications to COVID. By the time you're listening to this podcast, it'll be a little over three weeks. Um, But rather than pull a podcast out that has no relevance, I just thought about sharing with you right where I am. And uh, I was asked to speak at my dad's funeral, which was very difficult. And I prayed to get a word from God. And he gave me the words that I'm sharing with you now. You can go back and catch up on last week's podcast To kind of get a little background before we start today. But, you know, thank God my dad was a man of integrity, a man of God. He died as a saint. He's going to be seeing Jesus face to face. One day his body will come out of that grave and he'll be caught away when Jesus splits that eastern sky and comes to take all of those who are dead in Christ first. My dad will be one of those. And uh, it was a wonderful, beautiful funeral. He was honored at chattanooga national cemetery he was given full honors by the military and a beautiful ceremony in fact later on today uh, me and my family were going to go stand at his uh, tombstone his uh, place marker in that uh, cemetery and uh, have some final thoughts and words with him and my family so anyway today i want to start on number five of things about my dad we shared the First four things last week. We have 13 things to share. So we're going to start with number five today. All right. Number five, my dad was a faithful man. My dad was a faithful man. Now, let me say something about that. You know, when we think about faithful, we think faultless. No, my dad wasn't faultless. You know, there's something about when you're a young child, your mom and your dad are perfect. They're superheroes. They do no wrong. They think no wrong. They say no wrong. But as you get older, you become more sensitive and discriminating and you start finding faults about your parents. And then you become very haughty and very proud. And, you know, you look down on your parents because you think that you are faultless and they have faults. No, what you're seeing is what they've always been. You're, you're, you're discovering things. You're discovering the real people that they are. And for a season, a lot of teenagers will disconnect and become disappointed and disillusioned with their parents because these people that they admired and worshiped and adored have some spots on them and you see them and it's easy to write your parents off until later in life when you start discovering that you're a faulty parent. But my dad was a faithful man and I say all that to to say this, you can be faithful and still have faults. You can still be faithful and still have faults. Being faithful doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes and big ones. You know, one of the things I often saw with my dad when he did something wrong, when he said something wrong, when he offended us kids, when he punished us too harshly when he said hateful things to mom, sometimes out of irritation. He would always apologize and ask for our forgiveness. My dad's faithfulness was evident in the way that he modeled repentance. He really did model godly remorse for his faults and he modeled repentance. He would apologize. My dad was a faithful man. He was faithful to my mother. He was faithful to us kids. He did everything he could to provide for us and show us that we meant something to him, that we were important. You know, love looks like something. Love looks like paying college bills. Love looks like working hard to provide for your family. Love looks like fixing cars and love looks like painting porches. My dad did all of that. He showed faithfulness to God. He showed faithfulness to his marriage. He showed faithfulness to us kids. And I'm grateful that my dad was a faithful man. All right. Number six, I alluded to this earlier, but my dad showed sacrificial love. You know, I mentioned love looks like something and he showed sacrificial love by the things he did. The biggest image I have of my dad showing sacrificial love is one time when I was in uh, middle school, I think I might have been in the sixth or seventh grade. I remember having to go to the doctor at the local base hospital. And uh, I, you know, thought this was a normal time for my dad to be at work. But when I walked into the hospital and went up to one of the floors in the hospital, I looked down the hallway and I saw my dad from the backside. And I knew it was my dad. And I didn't say anything to him, but I could see him and he was buffing the floors in the hospital. And I thought to myself, why is dad buffing the floors? Why, why isn't he at work in his office? You know, he was a supervisor. He was a, he was a sergeant over many men over computer and schooling. And he had this really high level job. And, and I saw him buffing floors and I thought, what is dad doing buffing floors? And then later I found out that my dad had taken a second job to provide for us. You know, he brought me and my brother into the home, which increased the cost of living. And uh, my dad was not too high, not too proud to be a janitor in a hospital. He was a high ranking person in the military but there he was, buffing the floors. And I'm not making light or low of people that serve as janitors and custodians. They're some of the most important people in, an, in a building. You know, if you want access, you better make friends with the custodian because he has the keys to everything. And he has the knowledge of the air conditioner and the lights and everything that goes on with that building's facilities. You you, you better honor and, and show some respect to your custodians. But my dad was working a job. And many people would think that serving as a janitor and buffing floors is beneath them but not my dad my dad showed sacrificial love working that extra job and i saw it i watched it and he doesn't even know i saw him because i don't know that he would have wanted me to see him he just wanted to do it quietly without announcement he never never told us kids that he had a second job ever but he did it out of a heart to serve i'm so thankful that my dad showed sacrificial love. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus sacrificed his life. Again, I'm trying to show you how my dad's life pointed to Jesus. You know, sometimes dads out there, you may not think that you're modeling Jesus to your kids. You may feel bad about the way you've done things, but let me tell you something. Don't count yourself too short because your kids will look back on you and they will They will see where you showed them Jesus and showed them Jesus heart of sacrificial love, modeling that love and sacrifice. Jesus didn't consider himself of any reputation. The Bible says, but he came as a servant. He came to die. He came to shed his blood for us. And no greater love has any man than to lay down his life for us. Jesus laid down his life for us. It wasn't beneath him. What great love amazing love how can it be that god my god should die for me for those of you don't know that's a hymn and for those of you who don't know what a hymn is you need to take a music lesson find out sing some of those songs learn some of the lyrics of those songs powerful amazing love and my dad's sacrificial love modeled the amazing love of jesus for us all right number seven My dad didn't bring attention to himself. My dad didn't bring attention to himself. My dad really had a hard time with people who brought attention to themselves. He just couldn't really stomach braggy people. You know, we would be in church services or maybe at an event and someone would be asked to speak or sing and they would go on and on about themselves for five to 10 minutes and maybe their testimony would go too long and or they would do more talking about themselves than bringing attention to the event or pointing to Jesus. And uh, my dad would look over at me, sometimes in church, sometimes he'd tell me later after church, but frequently my dad would say, you remember that guy <laughs> who was up there? My dad would just say this, just don't be like that. Just, just don't be like that because it doesn't come off well for you. It actually makes you look worse. When you bring all this attention to yourself, don't do that. My dad still challenged me to that even before he died. It kind of reminds me of the story where this young preacher came up to his pastor and he said, pastor, if you need somebody good to preach, I'm your man. If you need a preacher, I'm ready with a word from God and I can bring a word that this church really needs and the pastor looked at him and said, OK, I need you to preach right now. <laughs> and the guy was like, uh, OK, all right. So he pulls himself together and the pastor said, you said you had a word from God and I need you right now. I need you to come preach for me right now. So the guy grabbed his Bible and he got up there and he just got real cocky all of a sudden and he just started bragging and. Talking about himself and he went from one scripture to the next and the more he spoke, the more he tripped over himself and he just floundered and was falling apart and didn't know where he was and forgot his message and forgot his scriptures and he really just made a huge mess of it. Got up there and just tripped over himself and made a fool of himself. But then by the end of his message, he looked totally dejected. He looked totally defeated, head hanging down, sulking his shoulders. He walked off the platform in humiliation. And this old codger on the front row grabbed him and pulled him over and put his arm around him and said, Son, if you'd have walked up there like you came down from there, you'd have came down from there like you walked up there. (laughs) My dad just couldn't stomach people who stepped up with a braggy, cocky, arrogant attitude. My dad always taught us boys to not bring attention to ourselves. And, you know, my dad lived that not just on the platform, but off the platform. My dad was a minister, a teacher. He was always involved in church. He was a a deacon and Boards of churches, my dad had some pretty important responsibilities in church and ministry and in the Air Force, but he never brought attention to himself. He was always uncomfortable about that. And he changed the subject really quick when he came up in the conversation. He was always about the person in front of them. And you always know how you felt around my dad. You always knew that my dad was about you. When you got in his presence, you felt like he really cared and was concerned about you. It was authentic you know, our first job as believers is to bring attention to Jesus. Jesus brought all his attention to us. We were all he was about. We were number one to him and still are number one to him. And so the way to model Jesus is to make others first, to show them Jesus, to be Jesus to others. My dad was Jesus to people. When he came into their presence, he was always encouraging them and always congratulating them and always asking about them. And, and so Let's be like Jesus. My dad was like Jesus. He pointed to the love of Jesus. Let's be like that. Let's bring attention to others when we get in their presence and make them feel like that we are all about them. Hey guys, I wanna just pause right here halfway through. I hope that you are receiving some insight and some encouragement and you're being challenged by the things I'm sharing with you about my dad. And if you are receiving anything from this podcast, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a generous review. Give us some stars. Tell us what you think. And then share it with one or two other people in your circle of relationships. And I hope my dad's life is speaking to you today. So let's jump right back into things about my dad. All right, number eight. My dad modeled forgiveness. My dad modeled forgiveness. My dad was not a hard man. My dad was not a mean, bitter, cold man. Um, My dad expressed his emotions and he did it appropriately. Um, During my teen years, I strayed from my faith. Now, let me say I didn't stray from my salvation. I strayed from my faith. You know, you can lose your faith, but you'll never lose your salvation, but you can lose your faith. You know, Jesus promises that nothing will separate us from his love. And we can think that we're pulling out of God's hands, but nothing can snatch us out. God loves you so much that if you leave him, he'll just have to go with you. You're stuck. He's not going anywhere. Oh, you think you might be running away, but you're not. You're just a rebellious son, a prodigal son, but you're still a son. And during my teen years, I strayed from my faith. I did things I shouldn't do. I ran with the crowds that I shouldn't run with. And I did things regretful. I'm forgiven. I'm good with God. But I just stopped living for Jesus. You know, there's nothing wrong to live for Jesus. You need to live for Jesus. He ever lives for you and intercedes for you. But we also need to show a life of convictions. We've got to show the world that grace transforms lives. And my dad modeled that forgiveness. When I strayed, he modeled forgiveness. I remember one night I had just come to the end of my rope as a teenager i felt terrible for the things i had said and done and people i had hung out with and the things that i never thought i'd do i did and i remember one night i just couldn't live with myself anymore and i burst into my mom and dad's room and i said mom and dad tears in my eyes broken i said mom and dad i can't hide anymore and i began to just confess and unload my soul and what i had done and the things that I was involved with. And my mom and dad didn't bat an eye. They didn't show any anger or disappointment. I remember them reaching out to me with tears in their eyes saying, son, we love you. We've never stopped loving you. Let's kneel down. Let's pray. Let's get the Lord's heart in this matter. And we would kneel down and There was a couple times I did this, but I remember one specific time that was memorable to me. We knelt down beside the bed and my dad would put his arm around me with that gentle voice and that loving spirit. And he would just pray with me. And then after we prayed and we got some clarity and, you know, I'd shed all my tears that I could shed and felt like I'd poured all my soul out. My dad looked at me and said, I'm proud of you, son. I love you. I'm proud of you. How could you be proud of me, dad? I just did what was despicable. And my dad says, well, I'm proud of you. You're my son. You see, my dad modeled what Jesus models. Jesus doesn't consider our sins when we come into his presence. He forgives us, forgets it, and casts it out. He doesn't deny it, but he heals us and he restores us. And my dad modeled that same forgiveness. I'm so thankful my dad could have said, I'm done with you. You are a rebellious son. We've done all these things for you and, and you have spat in our face and you have rejected us. My dad did not do that. My dad forgave me and loved me and told me he was proud of me. My father saw something in me that I couldn't see at the time. He he saw what I'm doing now. He saw what I would become. He knew that my path was destined for greatness. And so he, he forgave and he loved and he saw me as a child of the living God. He saw me in Christ. He was like that father who came out on the the edge of his property and saw that son walking down the road and he ran to him and put his arms around him and hugged him and kissed him and said, my son who was lost is now found. And that's what my dad did. He modeled that forgiveness for me. And, uh, so thankful that my dad showed the love of Jesus to me in my worst moments. All right. Number nine, my dad was proud of me. I just alluded to that. I just said that he said he was proud of me when I didn't deserve for him to be proud of me. My dad was proud of me until the day he died. My mom told me several times how proud he was of me. I remember a couple of years ago, I asked my dad to proofread my marriage book, The Grace Made Marriage. And uh, he said, I'd be honored. Like My dad was honored to read my book. And uh, I gave it to him. My dad was very thorough. That's why I asked him to do it. I wanted him to be the eyes you know of my book i wish i'd asked him to do it on several of my other books it made a huge difference in this one Um, but my dad was also a husband and i wanted the dad that i looked up to to be the one that read my book on marriage my dad was married to my mom for 56 years before he passed that's a man who knows a little bit about marriage And my dad had celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary prior to the reading of my book. And I thought, what a better person to read a book on marriage than my dad. And finally, the day came, he said, Tony, I'm done reading your book. I'd like to have a time to share some things with you. And I thought, wow, okay. So drove down to Cleveland, Tennessee, a couple hours from where I am, met him out for lunch. He brought the manuscript in his hands and he sat down at the table and he said, Tony, I am so proud of you and was so honored to proof this book. And then he said this. He said, Tony, as I read this book, I wish that I would have applied some of these things in my own marriage. Man, you talk about humbled in a moment that my dad would read something that I wrote that would still speak to him. That, that shared more with me about my dad than him just proofreading and having the thorough eyes to check things and attention to detail as my dad had. But for him to open up his heart and say that what I wrote in my book really spoke to him and challenged him. My dad's humility was coming through as it always had. These are things I think of these days preceding my dad's funeral. The things that still speak to me about not being too proud to show where you fail. You know, we all like to cover our mistakes and appear to be the big man on campus and and look shiny and clean and perfect, but vulnerability touches people's hearts. And my dad revealed a part of his life that spoke to me. It kind of drew me in, you know, vulnerability draws people in. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable and honest. I say a lot of times, we just all need to have a big glass of honest tea sometimes. Honesty with ourselves, honesty with our spouses, honesty with our kids. To be truthful, appropriately, you don't want to open up the closet and let all your skeletons out. You want to learn appropriate disclosure, that's important. But my dad wasn't too proud to say that this book spoke to me and I only wish I would have applied some of these things in my own marriage. My dad was so proud of me, but at the same time, he was willing to open up his heart and share some some honesty. And it spoke to me and it challenged me. Don't be too proud to be humble. Don't be too proud to be vulnerable. Don't be too proud to share some things about your life with others that will help them and encourage them. You know, sometimes we just need to know there's people around us that are going through what we're going through. You know, as a parent, sometimes you think, man, are there any other parents out here who are messing up with their kids? Are there any other married couples out here who are struggling in their marriage? Is there anybody else out there that's suffering from bad decisions? And is there anyone else out there that is struggling in their finances? and their emotions and their ministry, whatever it is. We need people around us that can be honest and vulnerable. And my dad's vulnerability taught me, even in his later years in life, that you're never too old and never too accomplished and never too austere to show some vulnerability and open up your heart to encourage people because in our vulnerability, we can greatly encourage and inspire others. Man, that is all the time we have. And I really hope this podcast has encouraged you and blessed you. And if it has, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a generous review, give us some stars and tell us what you think and share this with one or two other people in your circle of relationships who need to hear what you're hearing today. Hey, I'll be back again next week with part three things about my dad. And until then, we'll see you.